This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, readily available eye care is something most of us take for granted, but it is threatened because of the pandemic. Optometrists had to close up shop and were limited to only seeing emergency cases. And in order to do that, they had to acquire expensive and scarce PPE and make other adjustments to their spaces. Now, the current guidelines involved strict physical distancing and infection control protocols, which mean that optometrists are returning to work with patient volumes reduced by 50%, and they project that that will result in a loss of nearly 2 million comprehensive eye exams over the next 12 months. Think about that. The Ontario Association of Optometrists says that this comes on top of chronic underfunding and threatens our access to these essential health services. And they want the government to assist in covering the cost of eye exams and to allow optometrists to be more flexible with regards to their billings. Now, I am going to open the lines if you have questions about your eye health and what it will be like to return. Uh, You know, frankly, I do. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740- Four seven forty, and now I'd like to welcome Dr. Sheldon Saliba, President of the Ontario Association of Optometrists. Hi, Dr. Saliba. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thank you. Okay, so uh, first of all, I'm assuming that you're you're back to work on some basis. What's it like? It's uh, a lot slower than it was uh, prior to COVID. Uh, like you said in your introduction, our schedules are reduced quite significantly because uh, we have to practice social distancing and uh, disinfection protocols between patients within the office. So we're seeing about 50% of the normal appointment slots that uh, we would have had, and um, things are moving a lot slower. I feel safe in the environment. Um, when patients are entering our office, uh, we're asking them questions if they were at risk of COVID. We're doing some of their examination remotely prior to their appointment. When they come in, they have to be wearing a mask. We're wearing masks and face shields. They have their temperature taken upon entry into the office. And uh, as they cycle through their exam within the office, we are doing disinfection at every station or contact point that they have. So uh, we're wearing masks. It's um, more challenging, I would say, because when we're taking a look at people's eyes, we're having to get in very close to them. The, when people are wearing masks, they vent and fog the machinery that we use to examine people. So it uh, definitely is presenting its challenges, but we're um, we're working through it, and uh, we're definitely happy to be back. And and are you wearing PPE too? Oh, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in my offices, uh, 
everybody in the office is wearing scrubs and cleaning them daily. Uh, there's gloves if there's closer contact procedures. We have hand wash hand washing stations, sanitizers, masks, uh, face shields, uh, all of that type of stuff. And gowns? Are you wearing gowns as well? We aren't. No, in our office, we're just using um, um, scrubs. Uh, if somebody's getting glasses, those things are being disinfected in a different way. We're no longer having patients browse within the office to select eyewear. We have to provide them with their selections, and those selections aren't put back on the board until they've gone through a dis- disinfection process. Yeah, it, and uh, just give me a sense. Uh, normally, how many patients would you see in a day, and what's that down to? Uh, I'd normally have around 20 appointments that I would see in my locations personally, uh, and now I'm down to 10. Okay, well, yeah, that's uh, 50% in income, and presumably uh, your expenses have not gone down 50%. No, to be able to provide PPE on an ongoing basis, it's likely, uh, you know, I would say an additional expense of several thousand per month. We are using medical-grade disinfectants now within our offices, and uh, I'm using one called Environize, which is hypochlorous acid, which is a viricide that um, kills everything on contact. It doesn't have to sit. Uh, you know, I have staff coming in, and once an examination room is being used, every piece of equipment, the chairs, the arms, uh, we use uh equipment to a microscope to examine the eyes called a slit lamp. Um, all of those pieces are disinfected. The part that we figure out what somebody's glasses prescription is that goes to their face, all of that is disinfected with the stuff. And um, so it uh, definitely takes a more extended period of time for us to be ready to see the next person. And what about, I'm asking this because, you know, I really need another eye exam. I feel like my eyes have deteriorated in the last year. And I'm frankly, I was a little hesitant. Um, so what, what's, what's the deal with the drops? Because normally they get really close. You put those drops in. Uh, how is that working? We know that uh, in most cases, there's a very low risk of COVID transfer with the eye because the way the virus binds to a certain receptor in the body, there's a low concentration of those receptors on the ocular surface. So we are still doing dilation with patients. Um, All of our procedures, like we're still doing all of our normal eye procedures, but we're just being very cautious. Like if we have to get close to somebody's face, um, you know, we'll pull the eyelid down with a Q-tip so we're not touching them. Uh, we wash our hands after every type of close interaction like that, those types of things. Okay, uh, so uh, let me give the numbers out again. I'm sure there are other people who have questions. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm talking to Dr. Sheldon Salaba. He's president of the Ontario Association of Optometrists. And uh, they're back at work, but they are facing a lot of challenges. Uh, Their volumes have to be down by about 50% just to accommodate the new rules. Their expenses are up for PPE and disinfectant and all of the above. So before we get to the phones, Dr. Salaba, what are you looking for? 
Well, we have a primary optometric crisis in Ontario currently because uh, our group has been chronically underfunded for over 30 years. So we have a scenario where optometrists are are paying for half of the cost to deliver an OHIP insured service. And we used to be able to attempt to manage that in a pre-COVID environment by seeing people quicker and doing higher volumes of patients, but that's not uh, possible for us to do anymore. So optometrists are subsidizing $173 million annually at this point in time to provide OHIP insured services. OHIP insured services make up about 70% of our uh, of our caseload, and with the amount of reductions in our schedules, uh, we're just unable to uh, continue to provide services with that level of uh, cost sharing. Uh, we're really concerned about our optometry offices not having long-term viability and we're scared that that is going to mean people's doors are going to be closing and patients are going to have even more difficulty on a permanent basis accessing primary eye care services. And what we're really concerned about is patients falling through the cracks in this environment. We're concerned about them losing vision and we're concerned about people experiencing blindness because of it. Okay, I, I'm uh, soon going to take a, one of our callers. I know he has questions about the cost of an eye exam, but it's covered. It just it, it's covered by OHIP, right? Or is the it basic, the basic elements of eye exams are covered for certain categories of patients? So uh, children are insured through OHIP until the age of twenty. Uh, people between 20 and 64 who have certain medical conditions have OHIP coverage, and then seniors over the age of 65 have OHIP coverage. Okay, so uh, I'm going to take a, a call from Paul in Etobicoke, and uh, you wanted to know why it was so expensive to get an eye exam, but we're just hearing that it is actually covered. Hi, Paul. Yeah, for a certain group between, was it 20 and 64? Well, over 65, it's covered. Are you... Uh... Right. So so the people that are in the group from 20 to 64 who have to pay full price, I'm wondering, when I see these commercials coming out of Buffalo and Niagara Falls, New York, saying you get two pairs of glasses and an eye exam for sixty nine ninety five, but yet the doctor's talking about you're underfunded. I don't understand. It doesn't uh, make um, sense mathematically. Uh, also, why are the optometrists in this country resisting the automated machines that they have in the U.S. where you do it, it's a do-it-yourself eye exam that prints out your own prescription? Uh, first of all, I think we're talking about something that's uh, beyond, you know, testing what your prescription is. I mean, the optometrist that I go to has... Uh, a lot of very expensive equipment, but I'm also being tested for eye disease, which is uh, a big deal. But, uh, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I'm always a little skeptical about some of those commercials from Buffalo, but I'm going to let Dr. Saliba answer your call. Okay. You just listen sure. to the answer, Paul. Okay. So it's, it's really tricky for me, Paul, to um, comment on what you're hearing from Buffalo because I don't understand what the scenario is down there, even the validity of the advertisement. There's, you know, you see lots of stuff 
um, lawyers advertising down there and does that really um, commit to what the true cost is to receive legal services down there? I don't think so. So um, drawing that type of comparison is, is difficult. What I can tell you is for us to deliver an OHIP insured eye service, we know that the cost purely just to have the patient sit in the chair um, is in the mid $80 range and we're being paid in the $40 range for those services. Um, and then the second question, just tweak my memory. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> we, we've asked him to listen to the, that was, he was uh, thinking that it's a lot less expensive and you get two pairs of glasses for 69 bucks, but actually they're probably n- not the glasses that you want. You can pick between these two frames from 196. That's my experience anyway. I mean, I, you know, if something sounds too good to be true, chances are that it is. And if you're talking about an uh, a automated uh, a machine that gives you, you can get your prescription yourself. Is that um, that's I mean, where he was going? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, we have auto refractors in our yeah. office that we use to provide us with a starting point to determine somebody's glasses prescription. And those technologies have been around for a long time. Do they give you an accurate prescription? Uh, absolutely not. So. I mean, if you want to uh, go the automated route, I think if people uh, are looking for that, they can find it. And what my experience is, is the majority of people have negative experiences with it because you end up with glasses that have your eyes feel like they're pulling and they're strained and they're not the right match for your eyes. So having a professional look at a lot of different data points to determine a prescription is important. And, you know, uh, you know, frankly, as, as we age, it's really important to be tested for glaucoma and macular degeneration and, and all of those things of course. on a regular I mean, basis. I mean, that is really critical. It really is. And, you know, to provide a in-house example, I had a, a senior patient who had had cataract surgery just before COVID um, shut us down, and her vision was fine. And in the month of May before we reopened, her vision started going blurry in one of her eyes. And when she came in to see me, I was looking at her retina myself, and she had early stages of dry macular degeneration, but nothing that I felt was too concerning. But I did an ultrasound on the back of her eye, and she actually had a break and had blood vessels growing through the, through the retina, right below the surface of where her central vision was, and she had converted into having wet macular degeneration. Oh, no. And I know. And so she's one of these people that uh, is at risk of falling through the cracks if we're not available to provide these types of important services. And with that type of information, I was able to get her into a retinal specialist, which normally takes well over a year of their wait time. And she was receiving treatment with uh, with injections inside of the eye within eight days, and that's an ideal case, or that's an ideal way of managing that type of case. And she is going to maintain vision instead of having permanent vision loss because of it. I'm going to start with a call from Kathy in Mississauga. Hi, Kathy. Hello, dear. Um, my question is, I had cataract surgery two years ago on both my eyes and it's been absolutely wonderful ever since but I'm wondering do I need to go back to do any regular checkups with the surgeon 
Um, not with the surgeon, Kathy, but you should be having routine care with uh, your optometrist because oh, after the yeah, cataract I, was removed. I got canceled just before the, the COVID thing, so I will make another one. But I just thought whether the surgeon needed to see me or anything. No, only if there would be um, other forms of eye disease that are identified. But after the cataracts removed, you become sort of, if there are no other underlying issues, you become sort of a routine case again. You know what? I've never been so grateful to have some wonderful surgeons that looked after my cataracts. They did an amazing job. Okay, well, awesome Kathy. I really appreciate it. Glad, glad to hear it. Uh, and what kind of uh, follow-up does she need with an optometrist? You know, being two years uh, post-op from surgery, uh, she'd just be she just need to be seen on an annual basis. I'm assuming that she's in the senior category, so those patients receive, uh, you know, they're more at risk of developing other forms of eye disease like glaucoma and macular degeneration. So she just needs routine eye exams at that point. Okay, uh, and before we get to uh, our next caller, so again, what exactly are you looking for from the Ontario government? Uh, that's a really good question. Thank you for asking it. We want the Ontario government to uh, begin working with us in good faith to find a sustainable funding solution for the services we're providing. I don't think that it's reasonable to expect the provider to have to cover half of the cost to deliver insured services, and we aren't set up in a way that uh, requires the government to meet with us on a regular basis through a negotiation mandate. Physicians are, they have to meet with, uh, the government has to meet with them every four years, but they don't have to with us. So successive governments previously have provided us somewhat lip service, and any type of Funding proposals we've had discussions with them with have only been discussions. They haven't been true negotiations. So we're looking for the public to go to our website called saveicare.ca and let the government know that these services that we're providing them are critically valuable to them. And we need the government to um, enter true negotiations with us and find a funding solution to this problem. You know, we've been talking about how important eye exams uh, and regular checkups are to your eye health, but uh, how is it important for your overall health? Well, the vision is likely the most, it is the most important sense in the body. So there's a lot of neurological information going to the eye. Uh, Just general eye health as far as vascular disease from diabetes, high blood pressure, patients develop glaucoma, um, as they age, uh, people develop macular degeneration. So there's a whole host of systemic conditions that have effects on the eye. And sometimes when we're doing eye exams, we actually are diagnosing systemic conditions for patients. Some of them as serious as cancer. So um, it's, it's an important part of your routine health checkup. Okay, I think we have time for one more quick call. Joan in Burlington. Hi, Joan. Hi. Um, a, a brief um, history. I have had poor eyesight since birth. Now, back in 2004, I guess it was, I had cataract surgery, implanted lenses. Now, for the past couple of years, my vision is becoming blurred. So I was wondering if the lenses need to be cleaned. If so, 
can they be cleaned and how? Um, maybe there's something else at play. Jonah, we're, we're almost out of time, so I'm going to let you go and let Dr. Saliba answer, okay? Yeah. Okay. So having cataract surgery that long ago, if her vision is going blurry, I doubt that it's an issue with uh, tissue formation on the lens, but that is a common uh, problem after cataract surgery, and it is easily rectified with uh, a simple laser procedure in office with an ophthalmologist that blasts the tissue formation off and then never has to be done again and the patient's vision is restored. But in her case, she should be having a comprehensive exam because if it's not that tissue formation, it means that either her prescription has changed or there's other some other type of insidious disease at the back of your eye. Okay. Uh, we have uh, hmm, maybe... Uh maybe a minute left, uh, Dr. Saliba. So what would you like to leave us with about your campaign and, and just how things are now? Well, I um, would really, I'd like to reiterate that if uh, people have, um, people who value the services that we provide, it's critically beneficial for us to have them reach out to government. We have a very simple platform for doing it on saveicare.ca. You just have to enter your name, your email address, and uh, you can select your member of provincial parliament from a drop-down list and hit send. And uh, Premier Ford, Minister Elliott, and the person's local MPP will receive um, uh, a letter in their email inbox uh, to support this cause. Okay. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners will be interested in doing just that. And thank you so much for that, Dr. Sheldon Saliba, President of the Ontario Association of Optometrists. Thanks, Libby. Okay. And uh, people, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow. So if we couldn't get to your calls or maybe you have something else you want to bring up, save it until noon tomorrow. I will be looking forward to taking your calls. And also we have our voicemail. Since we don't give that number out, uh, let me give it to you again. 416-367-9636. Uh, yeah, so you can leave a voicemail there. And there's also fightback at zoomer.ca if you want to leave an email. And that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.